Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Man, good morning, Avenue Church. How you guys doing this morning? Man, you're doing good. How many of you like that video? Or are you just sick of it? You're just tired of that? And so forget me for, uh, you know, seeing all those kids fall and get hurt. But that's what our series is about, is saying, hey, let's try that again. Raise your hand if you've ever messed up and you said, man, I need a do-over in my life. All right. There's a lot of liars out there. We love you. We love you. It's okay. But like my wife said, make sure you pick up a mixtape cassette on your way out. And that uh, will not work in a boombox. So I'm watching some of you. Do not be recording your own songs on here, all right? I, I'm on to you, but make sure you invite somebody next week to say, hey, Matt, my church has a great series called Mixtape, and we're talking about sex, love, and marriage. And so we're talking about dating, singlehood, marriage. We're talking about the whole nine yards. And so it's going to be an amazing time, but also, just like my, my wife said, it's going to transform some relationships. I believe it's going to be not just a fun series. We're doing 80s. Juan and Lindsay did a great job. But it's also going to be a series where we're believing for healing to take place. We're believing for marriages to be restored. We're uh, believing for even uh, some dating relationships to break up. Can I get a witness, somebody? Hey, man, I'm, no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. That will never happen. But, man, we're excited for mixtape. We're excited for groups. We're excited that all God is doing here at Avenue Church. And so if you got your Bibles, man, I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37 real quick for me. Genesis chapter 37 real quick. And uh, man, we've been enjoying this series so much. It's been great to hear just the reports. It's been great to hear even last Sunday night we did worship night. And so if you saw us on social media, I was breaking things last week and we're cre- creating chaos and havoc, but God moved on his behalf. So make sure you jump on your, uh, make sure you jump on our podcast. Watch that message, listen to it from last week, and be encouraged to know I'm going to quit, I'm going to submit, I'm going to surrender to the things of God. And so I'm excited. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever, uh, have you ever had someone sell something that belonged to you? Raise your hand if that is you. Someone sold something and it belonged to you, all right? For me, my story, and I had to call my mother up for this one, but my story, my mom had a garage sale. And she's placing all kinds of stuff out there. And to kind of give you the context, when I was growing up, I didn't like jeans. And now I'm wearing skinny jeans because I've been saved and set free, everybody. But saved and set free. But I didn't like jeans. I was like, no jeans. They're, they're confining. I can't like run on a moment's notice, you know. I'm going to go up the steps at ease. And so I wore sweatpants all the time. It's not just any sweatpants. Champion sweatpants. Could I get a witness somebody? All right. Or Zubas. I'm going real back. I had Zubas with the, with the different sports apparel. Nope. I, thank you, thank you. So Zubas, man, they're legit. So I had all these different things, and I even had my sweatpants color coordinate with my shirt. How many I'm talking about? Red pants, you got to find a little red shirt in there, right? It's Winnie the Pooh, and so I got to find some Winnie the Pooh pants, you know what I mean? We're trying to do anything. How many know that's coming back, y'all? That's coming back, y'all, all right? But man, we're in, uh, I had all those different things. I remember my mom had a garage sale. And I went outside. I was like, Mom, what are you doing? Like, you've been out here for like three days. How many know the labor's just not worth it on a garage sale? But if you have one, I'll give you my stuff, and you go ahead and tear it up. And so I went out to the driveway, and I was looking around. I was like, oh, I'm glad she's selling that. I'm glad she's selling that. And finally, I saw this table with all my clothes. I said, what in the? Mom! And I started shopping for myself, all right? I started putting them back. And I got to my mom. I said, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, you've outgrown sweatpants. I said, nobody outgrows sweatpants. They grow with you. How many of them I'm talking about? They get bigger as you get bigger, because sweatpants are awesome. <laughs> Even uh, in my, when I got married, 
And my wife had, not a garage sale, but she had a donation bag set by the garage door. She said, honey, can you bring those to Goodwill? I said, sure, babe. So I'm loading them into my car, and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. And open one bag, and I had all my favorite Puma jackets. How many I'm talking about? She had, look at, she's cracking up. You, she had all my favorite Puma jackets. And so I was like, no! They had the pink on them. There's one that was all white. And I was like, oh, no. So I took it, and I hid the Puma jacket. I hid the Puma jacket. And so uh, the perfect day, I don't know if it was a date or a sermon message, but I pulled that baby out and said, baby, what was lost is now found in Jesus' name. But I had a little bit of unforgiveness towards my mom and my wife for selling something that belonged to me. Who's with me this morning? Selling my stuff that belonged to me. So the title of my message today, I want you to pop it on the screen. The title of my message today, Forgive Everyone Who's Trying to Ruin Your Life. Forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your life. <laughs> not you, baby. Baby, it's not you. It's not you. Forgive everyone. I'm still trying to forgive my mama. I love you, baby. I love you, baby. But I have loved the topic of do-overs. We've loved this entire series. We've talked about what to do when we fail, what to do when we don't even want to attempt to do it. You know, I haven't failed because I haven't got into the game yet. But today, I really want to talk about a do-over. And we've been talking about a do-over in our life is amazing. But oftentimes, i got to read this down. We love it when we get a do-over in our lives, but we have a hard time giving a do-over to others that are in our life. And that's where it gets tough. That's where it gets hard. So today, I must talk about forgiveness. That the more we serve God, I begin to realize the more it's all about others. That we, get, we, we, you know, we, we, we give our lives to Jesus. We say, Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me. Set me free. And then the more I begin to serve him, God's saying, forgive them and forgive them. And I want to use you to reach them. And those that are close to you but far from me, I want to bring life into their life. That the more we serve God, I realize it's about making a difference in others. And so let's go to Genesis chapter uh, 37. If you've got your Bibles with you, pop it out. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a free one. You can take it, keep it. If you're digital like me, get on your iPhone, your Android. If you're an Android user in this place, we love you. We love you. We love you. There's more for your life. But get on that Logos Bible app. Get on Facebook. Use that to take notes. Snapchat, Instagram, whatever that is. No Twitter. We just, you know. Well, let's read in Genesis chapter 37. You can follow along on the screens. I'm reading out of the new King James Version today, and you might say, what's the best translation? It's the one you're reading. Can I get an amen, all right? It's the one you're reading. Now, Joseph had a dream. Now, Joseph had a dream. Joseph was the youngest of his brothers. He had a uh, father named Jacob, who, and the Bible said that he was Jacob's favorite. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told the dream to his brothers, and they hated him even more. I got to tell you this morning, be careful who you tell your dreams to. Because somebody that you tell your dreams to can allow that dream to flourish and say, I honor that dream. That's amazing. Or you could tell your dream to someone who can kill that dream and begin to sabotage your life. And so he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamt. 
There they were, binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, all your sheaves, my brothers, right? All you guys, they all stood around me and bowed down to my sheaf. And the brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Are you going to be like our king someday? Are you going to be the boss? How many, now, how many have siblings, right? I'm in charge. You're not in charge. You're the youngest. And he said, are we going to reign over us? Or shall you have dominion over us? And here it is. So they hated Joseph even more for his dreams and for his words. And so the, the story goes on to say, and I encourage you, read this story later this week. Read this story later this week. That it goes on to say that the brothers plotted together to kill Joseph. One of the brothers named Reuben said, let's not kill him because we got to kill him. we got to hide the body. He was a real thug. I like that, right? If we kill him, we got to hide the body. Let's sell him and let's make a profit because Reuben really wants to save Joseph. And so they put him in a pit. They sold him to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar was a very wealthy man, so he took Joseph in. And when you begin to read the story, it could be a few, a few verses, but he actually lived with Potiphar for 11 years. In 11 years, he found favor in the sight of Potiphar, so he became over, all the other, over the household. And the story begins to tell us that Potiphar had a wife who began to lust after Joseph and said, I want, will you sleep with me? But Joseph had such integrity had such integrity, he said, no, I will not. And so she grabbed his coat, he fleed, he ran off, and he was falsely accused. And so they said, you know what? Joseph tried to do this with Potiphar's wife, and so he was thrown into prison. How many, how many know Joseph's probably sitting in prison saying, let's do that again. Let's try that again. So he's in prison, and he has this gift that God has given him, and it's the gift of interpreting dreams. And so other prisoners are having uh, dreams and he's interpreting them. Other high officials are, are having dreams and Joseph begins to interpret them. Here's what I love. And I want to pause this just for a moment. Joseph is in the lowest point in his life. He is in prison and he's still using his gift. He is still using his gift. I love that, that Joseph is still making a difference. If that spoke, you get in the growth track, all right, and starting in February. But he wants to make a difference. And then he is promoted to the palace because he was able to interpret dreams over and over again. He was promoted to the palace. I love the Bible. The Bible says he was in the prison. Then suddenly, God's going to give you a suddenly moment. And suddenly in one day, in one decision, after being in prison for two years, 11 with Potiphar, two in prison, he goes to the palace. He'd been, he was promoted to an overseer over the kingdom next to the Pharaoh. So we had great authority, great power. How many know it's coming? right around the corner. It's suddenly coming. Just hold on. Do not quit for the harvest is coming. But he still never had a chance to confront his brothers. So the Bible says there was a great famine that hid the land. And his brothers thought he was either dead or gone or you know, a slave somewhere. And so they show up in Genesis chapter 45 to Joseph. Now I want to read this. This is what Joseph said. That he had the power to do whatever he wanted to. And the Bible said they didn't even recognize their own brother. How many would melt that to this day, all right? Like, come before my feet. I'm going to penalize you. I'm, I'm going I'm to try to kill you. Maybe I'll sell you. Maybe I'll throw you in prison for no reason. By Felicia. How many would know you would rock that to the day you die? But here's what Joseph says. He says in Genesis 45, and Joseph said to his brothers, he said, come near to me. So they came near that he said, I am Joseph, 
your brother whom you sold me into Egypt. But now, now do not therefore be grieved or angry. Listen to this. Don't be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. There's some powerful words that Joseph has begun to say in Genesis chapter 45. And so the title of my message today is Forgive Everyone Who Wants to Ruin Your Life. Because I really believe as your pastor, and I call it, my wife and I, we count in an honor to pastors this amazing church. But without good conscience, I can't just say, we're going to have do-over after do-over. And you know what? God's going to pick you up. God's going to do a work in your life. But without good conscience, I can't say, but we have to forgive others. That the truth will set you free. But I want to walk you through that. That here at Avenue, we don't want just people to know God. We want them to also to find freedom. And when you find freedom, that means you're settling your past so you can move forward into your tomorrow so that you can discover your purpose and that you can make a difference. So are you guys ready this morning? Let's do this. All right. Luke chapter 17, verse 1, it says this. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Isn't that encouraging? We all, is impossible to avoid offenses. It happens to all of us. It's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. That's what offense does when we don't forgive others. I'm going to drink poison expecting the other person to die. Here's another, uh, uh, another scripture. It's Matthew 24, 10. Matthew 24, 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Is that really encouraging, right? So welcome, church. Welcome to Avenue Church. Many will be offended, will betray one another, and many will hate one another. Praise God, right? Let's close in prayer. Let's get out of here. But this is what the Bible says. We're human. There's offenses that occur in our life. We will be offended. People will betray us. And we will end up hating one another. Here's what Joseph went through. Number one, Joseph went through betrayal. Think about it. He's got brothers. He's like, hey, guys, I think God's doing a work in my life. Here's what God gave me a dream. And they're like, what? And so they took him. They wanted to sell. They wanted to kill him. And they sold him into slavery. This is his family. The second thing he went through is false accusations. False accusations. For Potiphar's wife, she said, come lay with me, come sleep with me. He said, no, I'm a man of honor. I'm a man of integrity. And you know, integrity is what, 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 what no one else sees. He said, no, I'm a man of integrity. And so she took that jacket and then she began to falsely accuse him. Now this is a hard one for me to even say this morning because I never want to be falsely accused. I will own up and say, I screwed up. I made a mistake. But those false accusations can be hard. Why? Because we want to defend ourselves. Why? We want to say, you're a liar. You know, I want to get on social media. I want to, I, you know, don't throw my name in the mud. He was falsely accused. He was rejected. Joseph faced rejection. He faced rejection. And I got to say, Joseph was thrown into prison. He even got rejected when he helped others. He began to interpret others' dreams. He's like, I know what that dream means. Here's what that dream means. God's going to do this and this, and this is going to take place. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. And then Joseph would say, hey, tell somebody I did that. Tell somebody I did that so you can get me out of here. And they say, oh, you bet, man. That was awesome. And so it would actually take place when he interpreted. But the Bible said they forgot about Joe. They forgot about Joe. How many know God's going to promote you when you're ready? 
But he was rejected. He was rejected. Just like our Savior who was on a cross, the crowds began to yell, crucify him, crucify him. They had an illegal court all throughout the night, which was against the law to do that. And he was beaten, and he was bruised, and he was thrown on a cross because of rejection. Rejection began to cause us to say, what is wrong with me? If you're a young person in this place, or even an adult in this place, I'm young. Can I get a witness somebody, all right? But if you're a young person in this place, for some of us, the most powerful thing you can do is get off social media. Some of the most powerful things you can do is get off Snapchat, get off those uh, social media programs. Because Why? Because we're constantly comparing, and in that comparison, we feel rejected. If I don't do this or that, if I don't look this way or talk this way, I will be rejected by culture. And I want to tell you that I have a heart for young people. I have a heart for what God is doing. That God says you are his masterpiece. That God said he has a plan for your life. That God wants to use you in your high school, in your junior high, in your family, in your workplace. Why? Because he has a plan for our life. We say, God, let me try that again. But we got to forgive. We got to forgive. Now, as we begin to talk about forgiveness, I have to touch on this this morning. And so if you don't mind, we're teaching today. We're teaching. Last week, we're breaking pots. We're going crazy. We had an awesome worship night. But I have to teach today. So here, forgiveness is not. So I want you to write this down, please. Forgiveness is not. Here's what forgiveness is not. Number one, it's not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. It's not minimizing the seriousness of the, of the offense. God, I forgive them. It's okay. It's not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. It's always a big deal. It is always a big deal. That forgiving someone doesn't erase the offense in their lives. That is between them and God. I found a lot of times when we forgive others, we got to trust God. To say, God, do a work in their life, but God, heal my heart. Number two, it's not reconciliation. It is not reconciliation. This is hard. Many times we believe that we have to go to that person when God said, you know what? You can forgive in your heart. The biblical principle is if someone did you harm and they knew they did you harm, you are to go to that person. But so many times, I've seen this time and time again, please do not go to someone and say, hi, my name's Jeremy, and I've known you for 10 years. I've hated you for 10 years. And they're like, what the heck? But I forgive you, and so please forgive me. And they're like, what in the world? Like, what just took place? We're creating burdens, and we're trying to harm them. We're trying to harm them. But forgiveness is not reconciliation. It's a two-player game. It's a two-player game that you'll end up holding yourself hostage if they refuse to forgive. Hey, will you forgive me? And they, you know, uh, uh, sure. And you're like, <laughs> your turn, you know. You got to say it too, you know. It's like, I love you. Nothing, okay, all right, praise God. But forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Number three, it's not about doing what's fair. It's not about doing what's fair. I have a six-year-old, and he is all about what is fair. He is all about justice. Levi, why did you do that? Because they deserved that. They needed that to take place. No, son. How many know life just isn't fair? Life just isn't fair. 
but it's not about doing what's fair. You don't want fair because then we would have to pay for our own sins. Then we would have to pay for every offense that we have taken place in our life. How many know that serving a God, He is not fair. He's a good God. He forgives everyone and everything in Jesus' name. And so we don't want fair. Trust me. I don't want fair. But we don't want fair. But forgiveness is not doing what's fair. C.S. Lewis said this the best. To be a Christian means to forgive the incusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. That's huge. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven me. God has forgiven me. As I begin to live this life, the more I go through, the more God begins to heal me, the more compassion I have on others. And here's the last one. It's forgiveness is not impossible to do. And I believe this is going to set some people free in the next 30 seconds. But forgiveness is not impossible to do. The devil has convinced you that it is impossible because the offense is so great. I, don't, I have no idea how I could face family who wanted to kill me. Like, you wanted to kill me. And then they sold me into slavery. Like, I want that money back. How much was I? All right? Pay that back. But Joseph tells us that forgiveness is not impossible to do. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, we all know this one. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God will give you the strength to forgive. Why? Because he wants you free. He wants you free. He wants you free. He doesn't want you carrying that guilt, that shame, that anger, that hatred around in your life. He wants you free. In Jesus' name. So, Pastor Jeremy, how do I forgive everyone who's trying to ruin my life? Write this down. This is powerful but simple. Write this down. Pray for them. Pray for them. Ever pray for somebody you hate? I know there's some real people in this place, right? I pray for that person who offended me. I pray for that person who hurt me. God, wipe them off the face of this earth, Jesus. <laughs> Father, I want you to do such a work in their life that you disfigure their face and they're just thinking, come on, Jesus. But that's not what the Bible is saying. My wife, yeah, that tickled you, huh? But that's not what the Bible is saying. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 44. This is Jesus. He said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I tell you, and this is Jesus' new standard, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for them. The more I pray for those that have hurt me or caused pain in my life, the more I see them the way Jesus sees them. The more I see them the way Jesus sees them. That I have learned long ago that hurting people often hurt people. And so when there's someone in your life and they're constantly hurting you, I say, God, in Jesus' name, I forgive them. God, I pray, begin to heal my heart. Father, remove the anger, remove the hatred from my life. But Father, I pray for them, that God, they're hurting on the inside. God, I pray you begin to set them free, that they begin to experience the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that Father, they're hurting others for a reason. That often, prayer often removes hate. It brings compassion. I want to ask you this morning, who else will stand in prayer for them? Who else will stand in prayer for them? So pray for them, number one. Number two, let's bless them. Let's bless them. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 28, but I say 
to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. How many are encouraged by that this morning? Praise God. I cannot wait to come back to Avenue next week. All right. We're doing mixtape. We're going to be having a lot of fun. It's going to be some crazy things. And then two weeks from now, we're celebrating our one year and it's going to be amazing. But today, love your enemies and do good to those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Pray for those and do good. Bless them. Bless them. I even used this analogy one time where you're like, uh, somebody in your life, they just don't like you. Like, you. like you love them and they're great, but they just don't like you. Maybe it's a boss, coworker, somebody, right? They just do not like you. Buy them something. Bless them. You're like, I don't like so-and-so, but they gave me a really nice watch. I like them, you know. But let's bless them. I've been a youth pastor for uh, many, many years. And uh, being a youth pastor has its struggles, its challenges, but also it's, some, it's, it's just a, it's an amazing thing to be youth pastor. And there's a student in my ministry that many different students, my wife and I were reminiscing uh, this week, going, remember this kid? Oh, yeah, hilarious, you know? Like, remember this individual? And we begin to just share story after story after story of all the kids that we had in ministry together for 10 years, 15 total, you know, just all these different things. And there's one particular student I remember. He, would, uh, he was in junior high, and he, he was just on fire for God. Just, I loved the way he worshipped. He'd be on his knees. He would worship. He would go to town. I mean, he would just, he'd carry his Bible everywhere he went. He was like, get behind me. You know, a girl come up, because he was handsome. A girl come up, be like, hi, how you doing? He'd be like, get behind me, Satan, you know, and back up. Where's your Bible? You know what I mean? Just on fire. It was so fun to, to see him. And, and when he grew, he went into high school, and just something shifted. Just a shift in his mind, his mentality. And so he would come to church and didn't want to be there. I'd be like, bro, how you doing? Oh, fine, you know, like, just give me the cold shoulder. Uh, you know, so, honestly, as a youth pastor, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm not your mom or your dad, all right? Let's sit down. If you don't want to be here, then don't be here. You know, like, get lost. You get out of here. But I remember that when I spoke to him, I began to say, you know what? Uh, I set him aside and just say, hey, man, I love... Here's what I love about you. Kind of, what? You know, I said, I love seeing you so many years ago at a retreat center in California. And I remember I was worshiping. I was kind of discouraged. And, you know, I was just saying, God, I need more of you in my life. Father, you know, uh, you know, come into my heart. You know, begin to just, you know, help me out as a youth pastor, things like that. And I remember I was just discouraged in worship. And I turned. I remember it was the back of the room on the far left side. This student, his name was Andrew. He was on the ground with his knees. He had his Bible before him, just worshiping, going to town. He had that really cool hair, right? Just worshiping, going to town. And I remember seeing him. I mean, he, you, you could pass the room out. You can, you can run a car through that retreat center, and he would have never moved. Why? Because he was so saturated in the presence of God. I said, Andrew, that really encouraged me. Why? I blessed him. I didn't curse him. Bless them. Don't curse him. Now, Andrew, he went to an internship program. He graduated, and now he's serving on our A-team. He's in the front row. Come on, baby. Come on, somebody. But we got to do that time and time again. We got to bless those, don't curse those. Hey, come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to light you up. Come here. I'm going to give you a real man-to-man talk. The Bible says, bless, don't curse. Bless, don't curse. And here's the last one. It's number one, it's pray for them. Number two, bless them. Number three, do good to them. Do good to them. Romans chapter 12 
17 through 21. It says, don't, I love the message verse. This is the message. Don't hit back. I'm just going to pause right there. Hallelujah. Right? Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Man, is that an old song, right? Get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, God says. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. You can go to the next slide because I totally abandoned my notes. Our scriptures tell us that when you see your enemy hungry, go buy him lunch. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Get the best of evil by doing good. Another translation says, don't repay evil for evil. But get the best of evil by being good, by being generous, by saying, you know what? You did this. Here's some generosity. Here's some blessing in your life. Do good. Do good. So this really stood out to me this week, and I have some time, so I'm going to share it real quick. But in Genesis chapter 45, his brothers show up to Joseph. I want you to throw this up on the screen. This is what Joseph says. I'm going to leave it blank for you. He says, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God blank. For God blank. This stood out to me this week because I want us to take us just to, I want us to fill in that blank. If you're in your Bible, you can go ahead and try to search that. But right here it says, for God, you sold me, but God. What would you put in that blank this morning? If you're looking at someone who sold you, someone who offended you, someone who caused some harm in your life, that person, when you walk into a room and you see them, you got that gut feeling going, ah, they're there. What would you say to them? Would you say, you sold me, but God blank? I think for some of us, myself including, we would say, you know what? I'm up here. I'm the richest man in this place. I hold all the food. I can give you food because there's famine. And you're here and you're hungry. And I can withheld that. I can sell you. I can throw you in prison. I can do it. Look at me. I am next to the Pharaoh. I, I, I did good. And I didn't quit during the harvest. And here's that harvest. I think many of us would say, you sold me, but God gave me some payback. God gave me some payback. Or you sold me, but look what God did for me. Look what God did for me. And here's Joseph's response. Blows me away. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry. You sold me, but God sent me. God sent me before you to preserve life. That blows me away. You sold me, but God sent me. That means two things this morning. It means, number one, that no one can thwart, ruin, or detour the plan that God has on your life. God, God can do all things. You, no one can stop God. But really, number two, that Joseph realized that whatever the devil intended for evil... God's going to turn around for good. That Joseph said, you sold me. 
I was with a man named Potiphar. Man, I was in prison. But you know what? When I was with Potiphar, I learned some leadership lessons. When I was with Potiphar, I learned how to run a household. When I was thrown in prison, I began to learn different languages. I began to learn how to instruct. I began to learn how to interpret dreams more. Why? That, that muck and mire, that little prison place was my training ground. And now God promoted me to the palace. So I got to almost tell you, thank you for selling me off. Thank you for putting me in prison. Why? Because God placed me. God sent me here today to save my family, to save the country, and to make a difference. You sold me, but God sent me. Genesis 50, 20. This is from the words of Joseph. I already said, if I got to read it, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. When people forgive and we say, I know what you did and I know what they did to you, why are you forgiving them? We can't help but see Jesus in them. We can't help to say, I I don't know if I can do that. But there's something about that that you manage to let go, you manage to be set free. There's a great speaker. Her name is Joyce Meyer. And uh, she's an international speaker. She loves God and begins to travel all over the place and preaching the gospel. And she shares. One time she was, uh, I saw her in a conference as well, but she began to share. Like growing up, she knew the exact number of times that her dad raped her. And you're like, well, this is heavy. Like, whoa. She had the exact number. And when she was able to leave, she left the place. She became an international speaker, became Joyce Meyer, became who she was. God began to use her story to just impact people upon people upon people. Begin to save many lives to say, you know what, I'm so sorry this happened to you. But God's got a plan. God wants healing. God's going to set you free. As her parents begin to grow old, as her dad began to grow old, he never repented. He never asked for forgiveness. But Joyce, through her popularity, through what she was receiving, she bought him a house. Been generous to her dad. But he never said, forgive me. He never said, I'm sorry. It wasn't until her dad was on his deathbed. And right before he died, he saw all that she did for him. He saw that she didn't curse him, but she blessed him. And then he came to her in tears and asked for complete forgiveness. Notice it took place after the generous giving. It took place after the blessing. I'm not saying go spend your money on all those people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get your, uh, your heart to such a place to where you say, you know what? I forgive you. I forgive you. Then in his last week of his death, she was able to water baptize him. And not long after, uh, after he died, he went to a place called heaven and not a place called hell. That's a big deal. The Joyce could say, you sold me. God sent me. And here's the word she says. She says, I'm not sorry that it happened anymore because it gave me the chance to experience what my suffering, it began, excuse me, it gave me a chance to experience the same suffering that Jesus lived through and to realize that I have the power of God to do it the way Jesus did it. 
But the Bible says that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he was taken. He was beat, put on a crown of thorns. They whipped him. When he was up on that cross, he was nailed there. He was beyond comprehension. His face was, was all, was all uh, swollen. His beard was ripped out. Bloody upon measure. Hollywood doesn't depict it, but he was actually naked up there on that cross. And the very first thing he says, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Here's what I love about that story is that we've been bought with a price. That sin tried to sell us, but God sent his one and only son to pay the price for us. To pay the price for us. I believe that many of us, we should have a hit list. We should have a hit list of people that we're going to pray for. We have a hit list of people that we're going to say, I bless them. We need to have a hit list of people that say, I'm going to do good. And some of you, you got real excited when I said hit list. You're like, that's what I'm talking about, Pastor Jeremy. You're speaking my language now. But we got to have a hit list to say, God, it hurts today, but I pray for them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Here, pop up Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. It says, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. I want to write down the most powerful statement I think we can make this morning. And pop it up on the screen. It says, the forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. I got to tell you, sometimes we got to take a step back and go, you little, you know, take a step back and go, God, thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for setting me free. So God, I forgive them. Freely I've received. Freely I'm going to give. Today I'm going to let it go and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stay seated in your seats. I ask you to, will you bow your heads, close your eyes. I know this is heavy this morning. Man, all week long, I was going, man, I got to find a funner story. I got to find something I could just have fun with. God began to say, no, forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's a heavy subject. But I'm going to ask you today, that will you allow God to heal your heart? And today, will you say, I forgive those that are trying to ruin my life? Lord, today we have all people who hurt us, who betray us. But today, God, I ask you to forgive them. Father, I ask you today to bless them. And God, I pray that we can see the power of God in their lives. The Father, today I ask you to heal my scars and heal my pain. The Father, I ask you today to begin to heal all those that are here at Avenue Church. Heal all offenses, Father. Heal all hurt. Begin to heal all pain. The Father, I pray today you begin to cleanse every single person of their pain. With every head, buddy, eye closed, I just got to say, if I begin to just pull some things out, I want you to hang back after this song today. Get with a prayer partner. Find someone in the prayer team. Man, I even want you to hang back after and say, you know what, I need to find a group in February to get in to begin to do life with because sometimes in our unforgiveness we have a hard time trusting others but if you're here today and you're 
Maybe you're far from God. Maybe you're here today. You need to experience forgiveness. When I said you freely receive, you freely give, you say, I've never received forgiveness in my life. But for some of us here today, we need to say, Jesus, will you forgive me so I can forgive me so I can forgive others? Maybe you're here today and you need to say, Jesus, forgive me. I've offended you and I'm sorry. Maybe confess your sins and pray this prayer with me. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to pray this to yourself. But you can repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I've offended you, and I'm sorry. I confess my sins. I ask you to live inside of me. Heal me today and do a work inside of me. Today, I give you my life every day. You were raised to life, so raise me to new life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...